Hey Shepherd family, this is Pastor Scott Seidler. I bring to you grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, we're in our second week of November is for Thanksgiving worship series. And as we make our way into this second week, I want to take a step deeper into the Bible, a step further into theology, in order for us to consider not just the concept of gratitude, not just that ability or aptitude to say thank you, but to actually um, plumb the depths of God's heart for why gratitude and thankfulness is to be such an integral part of the Christian life. You know, one of the things that I've loved for the past year here in my ministry at Shepherd has been driving in from Fountain Hills every day and enjoying this beautiful place we call Scottsdale. Especially now as we find ourselves in the midst of November, um, the reason for living here in Phoenix area at all is being realized because the temperatures have cooled down, the 50 plus days of 110 degrees are behind us, and it's just beautiful out. Even when I got up this morning, I had to put on a little shrug just to keep myself a little more toasty. You know, the thing about it is, we find ourselves in a place where there's many reasons to say thank you. And what I want to share with you today is the truth that at the deepest part of God's creation is the expectation that His human creation will constantly be expressing an attitude of thankfulness. I want to read to you from a passage of scripture in Romans chapter 1. It'll take just a little bit to orient you to it after I read it to you, but by reading it, you'll begin to understand why gratitude is so important to God and his creation and why being ungrateful or expressing a lack of gratitude is so very offensive to the God who has put everything into motion in the first place. For now, let me read to you from Romans chapter 1 and the law, the judgment that God brings against the human race, a human race that has expressed itself to a degree in being ungrateful. From Romans chapter 1 beginning at verse 18. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds, animals, and reptiles. You know, I love cactuses. I love trees. I love these smelly little flowers that are growing. Lantana, I think they are. I love everything about this world I live in. And one of the things that I try to do with regularity is to say thank you. I saw a roadrunner recently run across the golf course. And you know what the first thing that came to my mind was? Thank you, God, for that roadrunner. 
I don't know if Bugs Bunny is anywhere to be found. I don't know if Wiley e. Coyote is, is somewhere nearby. But what I know is that all creatures, big and small, are created by God. All the flora and fauna of this world, including every human being that I share time with in this life God has afforded me, I'm thankful for them. But you know, the opposite is also true. I know there is a part of my being just as we read there in Romans chapter 1, a part of every human being, a corruption, an internal tendency toward being ungrateful, to not worshiping God as the creator of all good things. And so as we think about the deep theology of gratitude, it starts with the truth that God is the giver of all good things, and therefore our first, most primal human instinct and aptitude, knowing the one true God, is to be able to turn to him all the time and say thanks. Thanks for pomegranates and kumquats. Thanks, oh God, for albatrosses and kiwi birds. Thank you, God, for duck-billed platypuses and even the sun, moon, Venus, stars, Pluto, and everything else. Thank you, God, for all of this. Because by saying thank you, I show that I have an inner awareness that this world is not accidental, that this world, in fact, is intentional, and consequential and was constructed by God for his greater glory and also for me, his human creation, to be joyful. It's one of the reasons, by the way, that I, I can't help but wonder Jesus became a human being. That when God decided to save the human race, the thing that he said to himself is, you know what, I'm going to send my son into this world as a human creature. A hundred percent God, for sure but also 100% human. And by doing so, what God essentially did was he took all of creation, everything that he has made, and in a single person, he reconciled all things to himself. He said that human creation and all of creation is so important that I am willing to even have my saving son, Jesus, participate in that human creation. Think about that. You know, it's often been asked of me in confirmation classes by junior hires, why, why couldn't God just wave a magic wand and save the human race? Why can't he just snap his finger and we just all go up to heaven? Why does God allow human beings to persist in this created world to be saved by a Savior who is not created but who bears in his person the marks of creation, why does God continue in this creation orientation? <laughs> and of course, my answer to them is, I don't know. Because you don't. We don't know the will of God or the wisdom of God or anything like that, but we can speculate with some authority behind us. And as we read here in Romans chapter 1, this whole of creation from the stars and the moon and the sky to everything else that moves on the ground, it is not worthy of our worship, but the one who made it is. And one of the ways that we show the true worship of God is by being able frequently to say thank you. You know, back in the 1970s and 1980s, as the environmental movement began to heat up, no pun intended, global warming, as the environmental movement was heating up, 
It was a common practice among some environmentalists to love the creation so much that they would go and, and hug trees. Remember this? Maybe not. But they ended up being called tree huggers because they were so in love with trees. Now, I as a pastor, a Christian pastor who loves the Lord Jesus Christ, who looks forward to the new creation that he promises me and you as a believer in him at the end of time, the new earth, the new heavens, the new Jerusalem that will come out of the sky. As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I am by no means one of those 1970s tree huggers. And yet, the invitation and challenge, if we are going to be deeply theological about what thankfulness really is all about, is for me to have the capacity as I scan and survey creation to be able to say every time I see something, smell the lantanas, enjoy the sound of the the turtle doves that rest on my roof or the quails that run across my driveway, to always have at the ready the simple statement, thank you, God. And if I can be thankful for creation, then I can certainly be thankful for the God who has redeemed creation. In a later part of Romans, Romans chapter 8, the Bible says, Paul the Apostle writes, all creation groans longing for the redemption of the sons of God. All creation This cactus, this tree, these lantanas, this old 50-year-old body is groaning and longing for the redemption of God. That's a spiritual Christ-centered redemption, but it has in view the restoration of all creation. In this month of November, we'll have turkey, perhaps for Thanksgiving. Maybe you'll even decorate your uh, centerpiece uh, with a cornucopia, a horn of plenty, representing the fullness of creation, the harvest, supplying all that we need for this body and life. I want to challenge you today to go deep with your Thanksgiving. To not just stay at the surface and, and thank God and bless God for just all the regular stuff. But as you go out, as you breathe in the sunshine, or maybe if you're listening farther away, you feel the snowflakes fall on your cheeks, that you'll say thank you, God, for not just all the snowflakes, but for that little tiny one. I thank you, God, for the sunshine today. I thank you, God, for that formation of clouds that I get to see put me to rest tonight. I thank you, God, for all of this, but most of all, I thank you for your son, Jesus by whom I am reconciled to you. This body and soul that you have made is purchased and won again to be your own. The corruption with which I live is brought to naught, is forgiven, and because of Jesus, I'm reckoned righteous. That's some of the deep theology of thanksgiving, of gratitude, And we as Christians owe it to God to go deep this month of November and say in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, an election that has left our stomachs turning, thank you God for being my God, putting me in this world and preserving me to be your own. Shepherd family, let that deep theology of thanksgiving lead you forward in this month of November. 
And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, now and forever. Amen.